Welcome to House Call with Dr. Mac, where you get a real doc with straight talk for the whole you. It's here in the House Call community where we have created an inviting space for you to hear individuals' health stories, gain healthcare providers and other experts' perspectives. It is our mission that with the knowledge you gain, you will be able to connect your own health dots, see a complete picture of yourself, and begin to experience whole person care. So let's sit down. Let's get started. Let's have some conversations. Let's connect these dots. Let's get some straight talk. Well, 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 welcome back, House Call community. I know it's been a while since we've sat down together, but trust me, it will be worth the wait. Today, our guest in the House Call community, we've been trying to get him for a little while, haven't we, honey? I mean, this is this is a guy that's pretty busy. Pretty to on say the, the least, we have been trying for a while, right? <laughs> and I just know that, you know, with him sharing his story, it is going to be worth every minute of you just, you know, letting us come along on your day, on your errands, or while you're at home, you know, doing what you do, but allowing us to come in and make that house call with you. And so today we have Mr. David Waits with us. Welcome to the house call community, David. Thank you very much. I'm glad to be here. Oh, man. I tell you, we've been trying to have this conversation for a little while, I believe, right? It's probably almost a year, I would dare say. It has been a while. Well, trust me, <laughs> this is the perfect timing, though. How's that? I, I love it. I love it. I love timing, and I'm so um, appreciative of perfect timing or just waiting for the right time because. There are times in our lives where we try to push things and it just doesn't work or it doesn't fit. And like you said, when it all comes together, it just comes together so nicely. So I know that I know I'm going to be excited about get diving into your story and being able to share it. And it is going to be worth the wait. It's perfect timing. So, David, you're here because I, I love to connect health dots and the community. And before I do that, I usually let the community know how a guest came into our sphere and to be able to come and sit down in the house call community. And you know my husband, Wendell. You guys have known each other for a while now. And so Wendell um, has known your health story for a little bit and was just like, we got to get David to come in and tell his story because you guys have known each other professionally, right, honey? I mean, tell us a little bit about how you and David know each other. I was um, very fortunate um, when I first became came into management, first became a supervisor. Um, and the company where I work now, mm-hmm. um, at the time, David was one of the trainers, if you will, one of the, um, what, what was your title? I know you were, of course, you were um, freelance, if you will, but what, what exactly was your title when you were uh, working with, with Dr. Sherman down there? They would, they would consider me a consultant, helping them with the leadership development and yeah. strategy work. Gotcha. So, um, like I say, our, our my former boss, Dr. Sherman, um, he was really big into training. Mm. And he had David and David had a partner at the time. And they had what was, I think the term, the correct term was like a new supervisor training. Mm. So we would go in for a week of intensive eight uh, you you'll see after you yeah, talk to yeah. this guy for a minute now imagine eight hours a day of, of, you know, not eight hours, but a good chunk of about six hours a day of training for a week. 
for new management, new supervisors. And I'm going to tell you, David, I'm not saying this just to, you know, blow smoke. You, the, some of the stuff you taught me, I still use to this very day on a mm. daily basis. So, you know, just if only one, if I'm the only one to come back and say <laughs> that your training was worth it, trust me, it was. So thank you very much for that. But that's how I know David. Okay. And so this was, our son is 10. This yeah. was... Oh boy, this had to be like eight years ago. Wow, eight nine years. Yeah, ago. yeah, I mean, you've been you, David. Your name has been spoken in our home and our household for a while, <laughs> and you know, so he, Wendell has always talked about what you have done for him professionally, personally, and for the company. And so it sounded like you had a pretty busy lifestyle. And before we dive into that. We're here today to talk about a diagnosis that you received in 2016. And so we're going to probably take a little step back and go um, towards that story. If you could tell us, what is the diagnosis that you received on February 22nd, 2016? I'd be more than happy to do that. I went into the ER. Uh, maybe we can get back to the backstory and a, a little bit mm-hmm. later, but... I went into the emergency room thinking I had maybe like a pulled ab muscle in my right side. And I was in uh, intense pain Mm. and it had been going on for several days. Um, Actually, I was headed to my orthopedic doctor, but we had changed insurance Mm. and he no longer was available. And so what turned out to be a blessing, I ended up going to the emergency room, mostly driven by, uh, that was the most uh, pragmatic from the insurance standpoint. Mm. So when I got there, they, they actually took me in pretty quickly because of the intensity and started doing tests. They had absolutely no idea, gallbladder, kidney stones, uh, et cetera, and um, ultrasound, ultimately did a CT scan. And so five hours later, I um, was sitting in a small waiting room there in one of the emergency, in the emergency room in the hospital in Orlando. And the doctor came in and said, um, we've, I have some news for you. He said, um, you have cancer in your kidney. What? In a small place in your kidney. And I said, okay. He said, but there's more. Um, and it's not good news. You have lictic lesions all through your femur and your pelvis, up and down your ribs, cage, and all throughout your spine. And you have a very rare blood cancer that we can treat, but we don't know how to cure. It is terminal. And the name is called multiple myeloma. Wow. That was a lot to process. Yes, that is a lot to process when you're walking in for what you would think is an abdominal pulled muscle, and five hours later, you're told you have a terminal cancer. Now, let's let's back up just a little bit here. I kind of want to understand your, kind of your lifestyle, you know, I I know that you were doing trainings and and working for, you know, companies. You were a consultant for, you know, corporations. Tell me 
what would your kind of like your routine be? You know, were you um, a person that was always on the go? Was were there anything that now that you look back that could have potentially been kind of little yellow flags along the way? Can you can you give me a little bit of that background? Yes, I uh, yes I am. I'm a very kind of your stereotypical type A personality, high energy, never required a lot of sleep, mm-hmm. um, being active. I was active uh, in my physical life. I'd played sports, uh, some kind of recreational sports well into my adult life, you know, even mm-hmm. recreational softball. I played golf. Work-wise, I, I did. I traveled. Uh, like I mentioned, I, I live in Central Florida. But I traveled all over the country. I've done paid speaking engagements in all 50 states. Wow. I had clients everywhere. I was in and, in and off airplanes. Um, uh, at the time, my major clients were in D.C. and Dallas and Boston and L.A. Um, and other places. So real high energy. Loved, loved that. I, I'm, I get energized by doing. I was in a job in a career that was very energizing as a window mm-hmm. and, I, and I appreciate the, the input. I mean, one of my passions was to help people get better, but do it in a way that had a lasting impact. So mm-hmm. the fact that he said here, you know, months later, I'm, excuse me, years later, he's still able to remember something. It's very affirming, but that really was my passion. How can I help people develop the potential that's in them when they have new opportunities? Like in Windows case, he had moved into a supervisory role and maximize that, maximize the unique expression of life that he is. And so that was my passion. Uh, I did a lot of speaking, did consulting, strategy development. So it was it was varied and uh, always changing, which I love. I love mm. the variety mm. that comes from that. And so uh, I worked hard. I played hard. hard mm-hmm. I rested hard. Mm-hmm. But uh, that was my lifestyle. And, and so um, now that I look back, multiple myeloma is difficult to diagnose. Yes. I now I've learned many, many things about this. In the multiple myeloma community, uh, it's known as the cancer with a thousand faces. Mm. It it manifests differently for everyone. One of the most difficult parts, especially initially, and it still is to some degree now, when I would ask, well, what about this? What about this? It's like, we don't know. Everybody's different. Hmm. And because it manifests differently, there's not this codified amount of information mm-hmm. that you can go, this is what's going to happen, et cetera. Now, that's after diagnosis, by my diagnosis, but that concept precedes diagnosis. So people have been diagnosed in many different ways. Several okay. people that I've met who have had a broken back or a broken bone because the, the cancer's in your bone marrow mm-hmm. and weakens that structure. For me, um, the fact that I just had the pain in my side and they're uh, literally able to diagnose it the first time we went in from, from that standpoint, and I said, was a blessing. Now, I've, it was <laughs> it was obviously a major curveball in my mm-hmm, life. Mm-hmm. It changed everything. But now that I look back, there were just a few signs, but nothing that I should have really picked up on. The, wow. the summer before, as you mentioned, I was diagnosed in February of 2016. The summer before, I was just lethargic for me. Okay. Um, 
I grew up, my father owned an indoor foliage nursery. And uh, so in central Florida, obviously in the summer, it's hot. If it's 92 degrees outside, it's 96, 98 degrees inside a greenhouse. That's right. That's and right. I, yeah, part of it. So I remember telling my dad, Dad, it's hot. He goes, yes, it is. I said, Dad, it's hot. <laughs> it is, son. Keep working. Dad, it's hot. You're right, son. Keep working. So I, <laughs> I as I described my occupation, you know, Wendell's used to seeing me in a suit. But I enjoyed putting my boots on and jeans on and working outside. So I always did my hard work. It was what I call the replenishing activity for me. Mm. But that summer, uh, the summer of 2015, I just was like, I don't know. I just can't get motivated. (laughs) And I was going, I'm not going to let old age get me. And I didn't really consider myself old. Wow, so, I like you. You thought you were running from the, you know, the maturing process of life. You were like, nope, I'm just yes. not gonna let that happen. I'm not gonna let it beat me, and it was beating me. I thought, and so, um, so that was one subtle sign. As mm-hmm. I look back, there was another. Uh, interestingly, now, obviously, I know exactly. Um, in November of 2015. Okay. I had been one Saturday morning. I got up and did some very light, hard work. Um, not not anything strenuous at all. I was trimming my hedges and like throwing them over so I could pick them up with my tractor and carry them back to where I had. I, I lived at the time in a rural area, so I had a place I could go and, and pile them up, etc. I only worked a couple of hours, and then it was football season. Man, I'm going to come in and watch football. <laughs> College football. <laughs> And so I spent my Saturday afternoon on the couch watching college football, and this time it was on the left side, and a pain started developing. And I, you know, I thought, okay, I must have done some little tweak or something. And and this pain I'm, on the left side is it in the front? Is it in the back? Is it? Yeah. It was in my it was in my rib cage. Oh, area. the rib cage also, area. Okay. But uh, in February of 2016, it was in my right side. This uh, time it was on my left. Okay. And so, again, like, I, I have been blessed, back to my lifestyle, I've been blessed. I, I have almost never got sick. Mm. I just, I was around people all the time. I, you know, obviously, uh, you know, teach people to have good attitude and how you look at life is important. I, I wanted to always be authentic in that. That was truly a value I have. Yeah. And I was just blessed I never was sick. And so I think, yeah, I'll go through it. So that was Saturday. Sunday it was bad. Monday it was worse. Tuesday, I had an early breakfast with some friends, and I sneezed, and it's like, man, it was killing me, and I thought, I've got to break down, and that's kind of my thought process. I'm going to have to go to the doctor. I can't wow. believe this. I broke a rib. Oh, my so, goodness. I go to the doctor. I do x-rays. Everything's fine. My son-in-law, my oldest daughter's husband, is a physical therapist. Okay. Went over to see him. Uh, he checked me out and he goes, it's probably a repetitive motion industry, uh, injury. Mm. Um, you, you play golf and you probably kind of strange something. Don't touch a golf club for two weeks. <laughs> and so I, was, I was a really good boy. And I, didn't touch golf <laughs> I was about to say, now, did you follow the instructions? I was good. I was, hey, this is the man that's married to my daughter. I want him to treat her well. So I need to do what he says. I love it. Yes, yes. Not the fact that this is a healthcare provider and I need to follow instructions. 
<laughs> but that's no, that had nothing to do with it. That was my daddy's heart. <laughs> oh my goodness. And so you are you are now you're sitting here and you're looking back over these subtleties. But the one thing that I do want us to reiterate is that everybody is different. And yeah. you've called this the 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 cancer with a thousand faces or that's what the community calls it. And this is um, something that I know the com- our, our house call community will be sitting here and going, oh, my goodness. So now what? You know, what do I do? But what I what I want to pull out in your story is that there were things that were not um, that were not normal for you. So, you know, like the extreme fatigue, um, you know, the, the pain that started that you were like, okay, wait a minute, what's going on? You know, these are things that I want our community to hear and start connecting the dots, you know, not just a, oh, I'll tech check it later kind of thing. But if it's something that's different for you, these are the things that we talk about, how you can sit down and connect your own health dots and begin and begin to see a, a clearer picture. Although this is something that's very, um, it, it can be very obscure, right? This is, this is not something that you can just look at and say, oh, this here, there's that symptom, there's that, you know, um, type of lab work. Okay, boom, this is what you have. Um, but this is this is what I want people to get is that there are things that you're bringing out in your story that were not the that were not regular or it was not your norm for you. And that that is something right. that is very that's jumping out at me for your story. Wendell, what did you want to say, honey? Uh, it's just that uh, this is just a complete um, geek, if you will. Part of me. Um, <laughs> you know, I did flow cytometry for a long oh, time. Oh, yes. Multimyeloma, when it comes to flow cytometry, is one of those cancers that's just beautiful to diagnose. Oh, because oh, thank the cells, you very much. I'm sorry, right, right. I know. But, you know, because the cells are those plasma cells. Yeah. Um, not pl- um, yeah, they are the plasma yeah, cells. Yeah, plasma cells, uh-huh. right? And, but they right. just, when it comes to flow and the. Uh, the but, light, the spectrometry. So y'all are really making me look at my whole industry a little bit differently now. Ah. If you they really got to put a, a face on the other side of what. Yeah, they do, yeah, you know? that's an, yeah. Because you have all to put the time a face I did flow, I never knew anyone to multiply mm. alone. But anytime I got one of those cases, it's like, oh yeah, this is you know. Right, um, right. That's all. That's wow. it, wow. it, that is interesting and almost ironic uh, because I. That's when I mentioned to people that one of my major clients was somebody that did major lab work. And, of course, I'd been through the labs, and I would always say, I know nothing about the science. I just deal with the people part. <laughs> right. <laughs> he, wow. he kept us sane so we yes, could keep like, doing right, our job. Right, you know? right. Oh, my goodness. So, you know, now that we have a little bit of the background, um, you know, I, I do want to kind of interject a little bit of the science here so that – um, our community can can again have another dot to connect, and so I do. You know, have my disclaimers. I am not a hematologist. I'm not an oncologist. Uh, I do just remember, you know, little bit from medical school, little things here and there. But one thing that you talked about when you said lytic lesions um, in the bone that jumped out at me because I remember that being one of the big what we call pathognomonic type of. Um, those were one of the signs that you could see that you were just like, oh, my goodness. So I know when those physicians saw those lesions in your pelvis, in your 
um, rib cage and you're, that was one of those moments where you're just like, whoa. So these are areas where your bone marrow has actually broken down. And so they light up on CT scan. Um, they, it's kind of like even just on x-ray, I believe, and on plain x-rays, you can see lytic lesions. Um, and now were you, were you hurting anywhere else? It was just that one side. I mean, were you having like aches in your arms and your pelvis? Was there anything else that you can think of going back now, looking back? No, uh, actually, no. And that's actually the, the strange part. Wow. And, and actually in, in the November of 2015, when they x-rayed or maybe a cracked rib, they didn't see it. It was in February of 2016, though, when hey, we did the CAT scan, scan, like you said. I saw my own CAT scan. Uh. Uh, my, my bones looked like a zebra. I mean, it were, they were, uh, there was black where it should, you know, in the yes. cast white black everywhere everywhere wow. and um myeloma is in that plasma cell and in the bone marrow and and that's why uh in the many people again they have some type of broken bone before it's mm-hmm. diagnosed it, it it evidently and i'm with you i mean i've learned a lot about the disease as i studied it so i could help my uh, medical team mm-hmm. and mom's there but it, it kind of hides and, and it's not always uh, it's not always seen and diagnosed. Wow. So correct? that is very correct. I mean, so what has what has been your treatment, you know, so far? I mean, can you take us a little bit through what now you have this diagnosis? First of all, that's a lot to take in. And I do want to get a little bit into um, your psyche and how you and your family are dealing with this. Um, but I want to go back to some of the medicine part of it. What are some, because I know people are like, well, how do you treat this? So what, what, is, what is there for you? Because you were told you have something that is treatable but not curative. So what are the treatments for multiple myeloma? Um, we... I chose not to tell anybody but a close uh, circle of friends, real close family, and my children. Initially, uh, they wanted to do one more test. They mm-hmm. do a bone, bone marrow biopsy, and anybody in the multiple myeloma mm-hmm. community, it's cringe. It yes, hurts. Yes, yes. I just go, cringed. Yes. Okay. You know. Down your, you know, your back, and they get a piece of your bone marrow, and then they go back in, they chip off a little piece of bone. And so they, I, I stayed overnight at the hospital just one night, and then they said, we're going to do this, and this will be the confirmation. We're mm-hmm. for 90%. So that was the confirmation. Okay. Um, and so then was decision time. Um, I'll quickly just interject. Uh, uh, maybe this will help your, your listeners. A lot of times... I, and I and I do this with, in my in my business with companies and with individuals. We mix up what a problem is and what a decision is. Mm. Many times we say we have a problem when in reality we have a decision. So a problem has three characteristics. A problem there's a deviation for what was to what is. And in my case, I wasn't hurting, but then I was hurting. So obviously there is a deviation. Mm-hmm. Second. We don't know cause, and that's what took me to the hospital, didn't know why, and fortunately, uh, we ultimately determined cause. Mm-hmm. And then the third quality of a, of a problem is you care. In my case, obviously, I cared. Mm-hmm. So 
I, once it was diagnosed and confirmed by the bone marrow biopsy, we now know cause and we know what's going on and I care. I don't have a problem anymore, but I did have a large amount of decisions to make. Mm-hmm. And so now we're in to answer your question in the care side, what path of care do I want to take? Um, this science of multiple myeloma is relatively new. Mm-hmm. If I had a diagnosed 40 years ago, I wouldn't be joining house calls. Um, the chances are really high that I would have already passed away. Mm-hmm. So I chose the most aggressive route, which is now pretty much standard protocol, but you still have options. Okay. So my route I chose was we initially attacked it with a chemo cocktail and other drugs. And so I went through five months of multiple chemos and um, steroids. And there was just, there was a cocktail of drugs that the medical community has found. These drugs don't tend to work individually, but in combinations they do. Okay. My oncologist, I'll interject a, a good metaphor here. As I, There's three stages of my treatment journey. And the first stage, he said, this is like cutting the tree down. Mm-hmm. And so we, um, the, the myeloma, the, the, the infected cells in your bone marrow, my understanding is that they're bigger and stronger than my good cells and they literally were overtaking my bones as if he one time he used a meta great metaphor as if you had a straw and the fluid inside was just getting too big for the straw and it mm. just starts so the first five months of treatment in the first induction was to cut the tree down um i would joke that i would be having my side effect of the week or sometimes the side effect of the day it was it was pretty wow. brutal Wow. Um, took me out. I mean, I, I, I had my whole lifestyle was up, up, turned upside down. I was emotionally, most, for the most part, not functional. I could do some things, but, but nothing I, I could work. And, and uh, most of my life, I've been altered. Okay. But that was, that was successful for me. That led to the most radical part, which was a stem cell transplant. Okay. So in July, uh, it was diagnosed in February, so in July, uh, we did a stem cell transplant. Mm. So, um, do you want me to go into the details? Would that be helpful? Yes, please, please. Okay. And so, the, the battery of tests, ten, eight or ten tests, making sure you're prepared, et cetera. And then, uh, about, mm, about a week before I was going to go into the hospital for the, for the transplant, they did, they hooked me up and did what is called apheresis, and they hooked me up very much like a dialysis. Mm-hmm. I just went in the hospital, just laid still. For me, it was a day, and they circulated my blood. It's amazing, the science. And I just laid there, and they were extracting the good stem cells. And my understanding, and uh, <clears throat> Wendell might be the one to, and yourself can confirm this, but my understanding of stem cell is it's like a virgin cell that hasn't determined if it's going to be a red blood cell, a white blood cell, 
right. or a plate. Right, right, right. And so they were taking out cells that they knew were not infected. And okay. so um, they needed, I, I honestly, I'd have to go back to my notes. I think it's, they needed 6,000 and they got like 16, um, or maybe, I'm sorry, I forget the numbers. Sixteen thousand, okay. six million. You need sixteen, Anyhow, I just I remember going. I'm always an overachiever, so I even overachieved there. That was it. <laughs> That's good. I love it. I love some, it. <sighs> some people have to do that multiple days. I got it all done in one. Like, yay! Wow. Yay me. Of, of course you did. You of, course, of course. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. They scheduled me for the stem cell transplant, and. um it's a big deal. They, yeah. they 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 call it day zero when they make the transplant. So you come in two days, and they call it day minus two. Wow, <laughs> so like a launch pad. Hospital. Yeah, very much so. So I checked in the hospital, and then the next day, they gave me a very, very um, toxic chemo, methylene, that mm. was designed to kill every cell in my body. Yeah. It's. It's a scorched earth process. We're going to kill everything now. And because we know those myeloma cells, it's in your blood. This is not a cancer that you can go cut out part of it. I, I skipped over somewhere in the process. They, I had a little place on my kidney. They took care of that. That actually was a, turned out to be a minor thing, oh. especially in the of, of my story. Uh, but this, obviously, you can't cut out cancer in your right, blood. So right. Multiple myeloma is a cousin to leukemia. Most of your audience would be more familiar with leukemia. Mm-hmm. So they gave me the chemo. It took about a, uh, um, an hour and a half. They um, they had me eat ice the entire time mm-hmm. uh, to freeze the blood vessels in my mouth because mouth sores is one of the typical side effects. I found this kind of fascinating. Uh, again, as a guy that really doesn't know the science, <laughs> but by freezing those my mouth, it kept it from getting in there and would help prevent the mouth sores, which fortunately, I, that was one thing I didn't have wow. to deal with. So I, I was a good boy and ate ice for 90 minutes and it, my mouth was cold, but like, be glad be glad for that. Yes. Uh, the, the next day they call a day of rest and then July 28th, 16, was my birthday. It was day zero. Huh. And on day zero, they put my stem cells back in, into me. And so I was both dying and coming back to life simultaneously as the cells were, the new cells were coming in. And, um, so I was scheduled to be in the hospital for two weeks. Uh, unfortunately I had some multiple complications and ended up being there for four weeks. Mm. And my numbers just wouldn't get where they needed to be. Okay. And um, I had, I crashed a couple of times and had some pretty serious issues there. Um, but those are tough four weeks. Uh, mm-hmm. Of course, lost my hair. I lost 32 pounds. Um, I, I didn't, I, I couldn't eat, didn't want to eat anything. Mm-hmm. So it was tough. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so 
let me pause there. I'll, I'll move to the third, but just to see if there's any questions or any clarification or if I'm going into too much detail. No, no, no. This is, this is beautiful. That's, that's why I love podcasting because we're not beholden unto a particular format. And I love when the conversation just continues to flow because this is how you get that full picture. So go ahead. You've done, now you've done the stem cell transplant and now what is the next the third one well i was hoping to get out and um i mean i i, I joked i i happened to know the ceo of the hospital <laughs> i was at, and uh we had knew each other personally and professionally and done some business there so i joked with him and i said hey, i ought to put a sign over my door that says money center <laughs> <laughs> And then a sign up in my bed that said profit maker. And I was just joking with him because, and I'm totally, totally in, in jest. I had incredible care. Uh, the nurses oh, only wow. had two, two, two patients each. I had 33 different nurses. I, oh, I kept a list because I wanted to thank every one of them, which I did when I got, wrote them thank you notes because they took care of me. They, mm. uh, and, I mean, there were days when I, I couldn't pick my head off the bed. I just, you know, it was it was some dark, tough times. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, I, I he my, my it, and, and I was I couldn't leave the hospital. I was in a a ward. The the air was vented, and I was in a ward uh, where I couldn't get up. They wanted me to walk. But it was a small ward, so I felt imprisoned. Yeah. Not that I should, in one hand, I mean, again, I was grateful for what was going on. So he told me one day I could go outside, just in my wheelchair, I could roll outside. And I woke up and I felt really bad, but I wasn't going to tell anybody because I got out of jail. I got out of jail free car. And like, I'm, I'm just, I'm going to mind over matter and I'm, I'm going to make it. I'm going to make it. And so... <laughs> On the way out, I got to the way out to the to the outside. I started feeling even worse, and oh. I'm not going to tell anybody. <laughs> I'm not going to tell anybody. Oh, I want to no. go outside. <laughs> and this is, of course, this is August in Florida. So I went outside, and it was I don't it's know, ninety two. It is oh, hot. It felt so good, but without within about two seconds, without getting too graphic, everything inside decided it did not want to stay inside to be oh. anymore. <laughs> Rushed me back in. I got major chills. I was shaking like a leaf. It's like, oh, shoot, I blew it. I couldn't cover. Got busted. Right, right. I got busted. My body betrayed me. It was like like three or four more days after that, and I finally got my get out of jail card free for uh, get out of jail free card for minutes so but they kept watching my numbers and finally 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 my numbers got to where i could leave but when i left my entire immune system had been compromised so it was as if i was a premature baby leaving mm. the hospital <laughs> so, confined to my house for 30 days and had to have 24 7 care uh because you could crash and if I crashed, I could crash quickly, which I'd done in the hospital, mm. which in all care, but to some degree, probably good for me because it, I needed to know I'm not invincible and that this thing mm. can go 
quickly and I need to not be like, hey, I got this. Right. I got this. I, right. I didn't have this. There were things that obviously I couldn't control. Um, so went through that pretty well. Um, started letting me like walk outside and I had a mask. I always had a mask and gloves on. And like to walk out to get to the paper in the morning was just a wonderful thing. And mm. But it would take all, take all my energy just to walk sitting in my driveway and back. Wow. So started getting my um, strength back. The first 100 days are very important. And so on the 100-day celebration, my kids and my, some of the grandkids that live local came over and they did balloons. and, oh, and um, that's I, nice. I will tell your community, for anybody that has any friend or loved one, the support of other people is incredibly important. Um, I've laughed about, you know, I've always been kind of a lone ranger. Like I said, uh, pull myself up by the bootstrap. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm used to working hard, working mm-hmm. by myself, thinking I can do it all. I couldn't, and mm-hmm. I needed help. Wow. It was hard for me to get that, but I didn't have a choice. And the people who, and, and I still, I mean, I still have people that um, are very in touch with me and care for me, mm-hmm. have been very, very important. So let me just jump to the end real quick, and then you can ask any questions or clarification. So once I got past that period, now I'm in the third phase, Mm -hmm. which is a maintenance chemo that I'm on. I be on chemo. Um, At first, they said the rest of my life, and I was at one conference uh, for multiple myeloma patients with the experts from the world. Some of the top experts in the world were there, and my one question got answered. I said, how long will I be? on this maintenance chemo and he said indefinitely and I said I like that better than the rest of my life <laughs> definitely means there might be a time when I'm not gotcha so I, I like that I take a chemo yeah I take a chemo pill and uh, two weeks on one week off okay and now that that's your normal protocol now for most people um, so my numbers are good there's not really uh, they in the community we c- can call it mi- uh, remission. I have very good partial remission because it doesn't totally go away. Okay. Even after all, there know that there's probably up to a million myeloma cells in my body, mm. and they're like, like little terrorists. They hide, hmm. and the bullies they're bullying on the street. And we've gone on and gone in and gotten. We've taken back over the city, and we've kicked the bullies out. But we know they're hiding back there somewhere. Yeah. And fortunately, they get where they the drugs that we're using don't always work, and then they come back out. So okay. I live with the reality that it's not if, but when this will come back. Uh, it's just part of the reality. Gotcha. So that's where we are. Oh, wow. David, this is such a... Wow, this is such a... a deep story and it's complex and it has so much in it and I just thank you for all the little pearls that you dropped along the way I mean I I was taking notes uh you know we mix a problem and decision and you know making breaking things down into different phases and looking at looking at problems or challenges or decisions differently I think that is the biggest nugget that I've taken away so far. I, I just, wow. Oh, my goodness. And now you see why I remember his teachings all these years later. I see why, because he's such a great teacher. And even in your challenge, your medical challenge, you've been able 
to to share with others and be able to teach them how to look at life, not just a particular medical issue, but look at life. And I want to thank you for that. I want to thank you for being so transparent and being able to sit down with us in our community and share your story and share your life lessons that you've also been able to gleam, which is is a, is great as well, because as you get, you know, as you mature, I like saying mature and get, you know, through life, um, <laughs> you know, um, you never stop learning. You know, if you ever feel that you know everything or that you you've gotten it, you know, that that kind of puts the cap on you and you, you don't have any room to grow and to continue to to be a contributor to to this world. Um, so, David, as I'm looking at our time and, and I am um, looking at wrapping up this conversation and kind of pulling it all together, you have already given us so many great nuggets. Um, but I usually have our guests to give our community a tip of the day and it can be on the talk topic that we're talking about or anything else that is on your heart that you feel impressed to give a tip of the day for. Could you give our community a tip of the day? Absolutely. Um, almost an ironic tip. Uh, Wendell might have heard me say it. I've said it to thousands of people because I spoke as a profession. But we all talk about life being fair. And I used to joke and say, my children are going to have written on my, on my tombstone, life is not fair. Because all their life growing up, when they say, Dad, that's not fair, I would immediately say, life's not fair. Mm-hmm. So we have this false concept that life's fair. Here's the reality. So here's your tip. Life's not fair, and sometimes life sucks. But we need to get over ourselves, and we can't take things personally. I mean, stuff happens to everyone. And your audience might go, well, that's flippant from a guy who's gone through what you're going through. Look, there's things that I can control and things that I can't control. I could not control the fact that I've gotten a horrible, horrible disease that has radically altered my life. But I can control how I respond to it. And we live, and those of us here in the United States, uh, we see ourselves as victims and we have so many blessings. Most of our problems are first world problems that wouldn't even be noticed in third world countries. Mm-hmm. So my, my goal, despite almost everything in my life has been altered and changed, is to get back as much life as I can. My motto is I have cancer. Cancer doesn't have me. I want to reclaim as much of life as I can. I accept I will never be what I was, but why should I whine and complain? It happens. I need to learn how to deal with what I'm working working through, and I get to create the quality of life that I will experience tomorrow and the next day and the next despite these things that, quote, aren't fair. Wow. I have nothing else to add. (laughs) Thank you so very much for coming in and sitting down and sharing with our community. And so with that House Call community, I'm going to say we'll see you back here next time. Bye now.